1: everyone welcome to the rotor grinders morning grind podcast i'm your host tv TPFL. it is time to talk week three nfl main slate i'm joined by my good buddy genie 07 grant Nefer, what's happening grant uh,
2: not much just riding out the last of baseball and football season to- together and then soon it's going to be all football and i'm so excited
1: i mean yeah i mean baseball week and a half you know really left and then We get about, uh, I wouldn't say it's three weeks. It's a little under three weeks before NBA regular season starts. So, I mean, we're going to have all kinds of stuff going. MLB playoffs, NBA regular season getting started, football, NASCAR playoffs. Um, I think PGA is starting back soon, right? Like, oh, best time of the year.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. So excited.
1: All right, we got um, 13 games again to get through today. Uh, Bye-week's right right around the corner, but, I mean, it's already week three. I mean, overreactions to week one happened, like we talked about last week. Now we get overreactions to the first two weeks. So, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, fantasy football's fun for, like, the first four or five weeks when people just overreact so much uh, to everything that they're not seeing. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, like, ah, this team's been so good defensively. Well, they faced horrible offensive teams. What do you expect?
1: Right. So, all right, well, let's jump right in. Uh, We're not going to do the Thursday night game. We're not going to do Sunday night or Monday night football. We're going to do the main slate. There's plenty of content here at Rotogrinders each and every day, uh, breaking down all this stuff. I know we just finished the NFL expert survey for Thursday. Uh, So you guys can check that out if you're a premium member. Let's jump into Chicago at Cleveland, 45 and a half total here. Cleveland is a seven favorite. Um, I mean, the biggest news here is Justin Fields going to be making his first start. What are your thoughts on the Chicago Bears?
2: Wayne Fields, you have to kind of have interest on him. He's 5.2K, guy's going to rush a whole lot. He's going to be pressured by that Cleveland defensive line, going to be on the move, probably get a decent amount of rushing yards. Just do you want to pair anyone with him, and who do you want to pair with him? And not really loving all the options. I mean, obviously, Allen Robinson, guy that can put up a boatload of points at any given time, didn't do too great with Dalton in there, although he he had a tough match versus L.A., and then, Cincinnati, just game wasn't going too right. So Allen Robinson is probably the guy that I would most want to pair with him, but I'm not even sure you really need to. I mean, he's very cheap. The rushing upside is absolutely massive in this spot here. They're probably going to be playing from behind. They're probably going to be getting some free runs with fields. I mean, you can obviously go with Komet if you want. I had seven targets in the last game. Not a bad play. You can go with Montgomery if you really want to. Didn't have a great week last week, but a guy that's consistently getting a ton of runs. It's just a spot where I think that you can roll with any option and you're fine. Like none of these guys are terribly expensive. Allen Robinson, 6.2K, Montgomery, 6.1. They're all fine options. They're just not great options on a 13-game slate.
1: I mean, when I look at Chicago, I definitely want to have some interest in fields. He's a guy that can run. He has a good arm. Um, I mean, we know that Cleveland allowed a lot of fantasy points to both Kansas City and Houston. So I think this spot um, is interesting for Fields. It's interesting for Allen Robinson. Um, and then maybe even, like, taking some shots here on David Montgomery. So it'll be interesting. Maybe Cole Komet. Um so, but I mean, I don't love, I don't love David Montgomery here. Um, let's go to the Cleveland side of things. What are your thoughts on the Cleveland Browns?
2: Um, the Browns, like OBJ, might be coming back this week. I'm a little bit worried about his condition after not playing the last two weeks. It looks like he's going to come in at low ownership, so I really don't hate that um it's probably the running game that i want most obviously chubb is an absolute beast and can put up a massive game at any time i currently have him rejected fairly low ownership going up against a bears defense that has been better in the past but it's kind of middle of the pack so far this year granted could have been because of matchups but chubb is probably the main guy that i'd look for but i i really don't love anyone in this game i mean baker yeah you can pair him with obj you can pair him with people jones you can pair him with any one of his tight ends but Overall, just not a huge fan of the spot for Cleveland. I think that they're going to get enough ownership where you can probably fade it and be entirely fine, but if I'm picking anyone, it's probably Chubb.
1: Yeah, I like Nick Chubb a lot in this spot. I don't mind maybe taking shots on Kareem Hunt and Odell Beckham Jr., but, I mean, we've seen two games now, one against Kansas City, one against Houston. Baker Mayfield's thrown 28 and 21 times. Cleveland wants to run the ball. I mean, no secret. They, they're a team that wants to establish the run, and – I mean, for me, I don't want to play Baker Mayfield here. So just taking some shots on the running game. Maybe Odell Beckham, just a low ownership. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'm a little concerned. Arizona at Jacksonville, 51 and a half total here. Arizona is a minus seven favorite. Let's talk about the Cardinals here. Kyler Murray going into Jacksonville. Um, It's hard not to love Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and this offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, we look at what Kyler Murray did at the game of the last season. People forget that he was the top overall fantasy point scorer, I think, over the first, what, seven, eight games of the season. And then kind of hurt his shoulder. We're seeing it again here. Like, the guy loves to run. The guy is very pass happy. This offense plays at a big pace. Kyler Murray is probably the top, like, oh, could be the top overall points producer a quarterback on the entire slate going up against a bad Jacksonville team the thing you worry about a little bit here is the potential blowout and who are you going to bring it back with but like edmonds also 5.7k been getting a decent workload can always break off a big run going up against a jacksville team that's really not great on the defensive end has been bad to the past but also been not great versus the run looking at the wide receivers i mean Max Williams had a pretty solid week last week. I actually had some of them and then swapped off of everything because I'm like, I'm not playing Max Williams dumb move on my part. But Rondell Moore, massive game, Hopkins, always a huge target share. Like you can even AJ Green and Kirk, like guys that I don't really want to use, but there's always the chance that one of them ends up getting a touchdown here. Like, this offense is just so good, so fun to watch, and produces so many fantasy points. If you think this game stays remotely close, then Arizona, like, you can target anyone in their entire offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love the Arizona offense in this game. The Jacksonville defense, they've just looked terrible. They're not really going to stop anybody. Um, They've looked terrible against not-so-good offenses. So, I mean – it's hard not to have interest here in Kyler Murray. I think he's one of the top quarterback plays pairing him with Hopkins um, is where I'll likely end up. If Hopkins doesn't play more, 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 more at 5k would be the guy that I'd be looking at the most. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't play Kirk, man. Uh, I mean, I've I've been down this road too many times and I think the two touchdown game against Tennessee is an outlier and, I think if I'm playing somebody else outside of Hopkins, it's going to be um, more. I don't mind the Williams call. And then as far as the running game goes, I mean, Chase Edmonds, I guess it would be the guy. You know, he's gotten nine targets over the first two games. He's the one that's getting the workload as far as rushing. But, I mean, James Conner's still there. James Conner's still playing 38% of the snaps. Um, So, I just – I'm I'm a little iffy on the running game still. Really like the passing offense in this one. On the Jacksonville side of things, I mean, I definitely don't mind maybe looking at some of these pass catchers, you know, with Lawrence in this offense. They're going to throw the ball a bunch. Um, 40 – what was it? 51 in week one, 33 in week two, around 42 times per game. Um, Marvin Jones seems to be like the guy that – lawrence looks for the most so if i'm looking to maybe run back an arizona stack i'm potentially looking at marvin jones dj chark chennault is still there but honestly ground with nothing to do with the running game and maybe just you know exposure to like to maybe even maybe even throw chennault in there like maybe all three of these guys
2: i mean honestly is it crazy to stack the Jags. I know that Lawrence has not looked great. I mean, I saw some stat from somewhere that he's been like historically bad so far in terms of his pass accuracy. He did play Denver last week, obviously not an easy matchup, but it's, it's just a spot where I want to stack everyone against the Cardinals. Lawrence may have been bad so far, but I mean, the guy still has talent. It could have just been two weeks of the yips. He can easily put up a massive game with the pass volume that he's throwing. And you're not getting any of these pass catchers for too expensive. I mean, Marvin Jones is under 5K. The guy got 11 and 9 targets in the first two weeks. Got a touchdown in both. Shark is 5.3K. Got 12 targets in the first game. Didn't pass almost or catch almost any of them, but the volume was there. Chenault hasn't looked fantastic. Um, But this is – like Arizona's defense, I'm I don't think they're that great. They got like beat up pretty heavily against Minnesota. I gave up 30 points. I I kind of like if this ownership's going to be what it is like currently, we have Lawrence projected for under one percent ownership, which wouldn't surprise me. I could see a pretty big day out of this Jacksonville passing attack attack trying to catch up to Arizona, and Lawrence might be able to turn it on at this point. So it if if ownership is as low as we're projecting it for i might have a lot of exposure to the jacksonville offense
1: i'm not gonna fault you um whatsoever i think you know the pace of this game could be really good for jacksonville's offense and i mean i just don't trust the running <laughs> game so how do they keep up well they keep up with throwing the ball so i think marvin jones under 5k is one of the best um, plays on the entire slate so i hope he can get a touchdown i hope he can get catches so we'll see how it kind of plays out uh chargers and chiefs 55 total kansas city is six and a half favorites uh this is the game uh, i think this is the game a lot of us have circled this weekend i mean we're going to talk about Seattle and Minnesota and maybe Tampa and L.A. and the Rams. But, I mean, this is the game I think a lot of people have circled. Um, let's start here with the Chargers side of things. What do you like here for the Chargers?
2: I mean, Keenan Allen at 6.6K against Kansas City. <laughs> what is the price I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, it does not make sense to me. I, need, I, I know that Mike Williams has been fantastic so far this season. I mean, the guy has – Caught a touchdown in each game. Keenan Allen, though, like we don't think of him that much as a red zone threat. Like he's still a guy that gets a decent amount of touchdowns. The target share should be there. It just happened to be Mike Williams' week last week, and Keenan Allen still almost got 100 yards. This price tag is just bad. Like it's really bad. He's far too cheap there. Eckler at 7.2K. I mean, if, if you're stacking up the Chiefs, absolutely bring it back with Eckler. He'll get targeted heavily in the passing game, had nine targets last week when they were trying to get move the ball down the field late. Herbert, 6.5K, like, dude can put up a massive game any time. Hasn't had a big game yet, but 41 and 47 passing attempts. First two weeks, over 300 passing yards. Just didn't end up with touchdowns, and he got multiple touchdowns called back last week. Like, I think there was, what, two or three touchdowns called back because of penalty. He didn't play that badly. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm I'm fine with anyone in this offense, and I mean, I like to target uh, tight ends a bit going up against the Chiefs. Cook sitting there, three point nine k. He can absolutely put up a big outing. He can easily end up with a touchdown. Like this is just a solid spot for everyone in this entire game.
1: Yeah, I mean, Eckler could be heavily involved in the passing game if they get behind in this one. I don't want to sleep on Jared Cook, but I mean, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, I think are the two top options here. Um, Justin Herbert is in a great spot going up against Kansas City. And I really don't hate Eckler, like I said. On the other side of this game, I mean, it's Kansas City. Outside of just not trusting this running game whatsoever, um, it's hard not to like Tyreek. It's hard not to like Travis. Um, Kelsey, I mean, is this the week that we take shots on the running game or is it just so bad that we're just like, I mean, Hilaire, he's 4,800. And yeah. nobody's going to be playing him. And we haven't projected for a lot
2: of, we haven't projected for 16% ownership. I think the price tag, like maybe I think it's finally gotten the price tag where people are just going to hammer him in because they want to pl- pay up at wide receiver all over the place. Like it stands out as, potentially a great play like 13 rushing attempts last game 14 before gets a much easier matchup i mean dallas was able to run easily on the chargers last week i i mean i i think if he's gonna come in at low ownership like i'm gonna check it throughout the week then i'll absolutely take some shots on him like even though he doesn't have a ton of touchdown equity he can always break off a big run and score one he's gonna get there probably with the yardage alone but The problem is, like, I think that he's going to come in at high ownership because of the game script of this game, because of his price tag. We don't have Kelsey or Hill projected for nearly enough ownership, and we don't have Mahomes projected for nearly enough ownership with a 30 total here. I mean, Mahomes always comes in probably too low-owned, considering his upside. The dude's slinging it, averaging almost 340 yards a game, passing it. I'll, I'll play I'll play Kelsey. I'll play Hill. Like I'm probably going to stay away from the running game if it looks like C.H. is going to be this chalky.
1: I just mean, I feel like everybody's been talking so much crap about him over the last couple weeks, and his his production's been so far down. I wouldn't be shocked if he comes in under his ownership projection, but I mean, I think it's a great spot to play him at this price. Uh, The price is just phenomenal for a guy that can put up 15, 20 fantasy points. Um, it's hard not to have some interest in him in this spot. So uh, the football team and the bills, 45 and a half total here. Buffalo is a minus seven and a half favorites. Any interest here in Washington?
2: I mean, like, honestly, we saw what McKissick did last week. I don't think he's a terrible player. We're going to get some ownership on Gibson, but as soon as they're in, we need to catch up mode or the two minute drill at the end of the first half. McKissick gets in there and he can get a whole bunch of targets. He can get a whole bunch of receiving work. Like I think that he's an interesting play here for tournaments. If Gibson's gonna come in at decent ownership, he's priced under 6K. Yes, he's good, but this is a tough defense going up against the Bills. McLaurin always in play. Like we saw how he was doing with Heineke last week. Got targeted, just a boatload. Played really well. He's just a fantastic wide receiver. Heineke, I don't know if I'm going to go with him. Like He did put up 300 yards, but that was against the Giants. He is low ownership. I think you can if you really want to, just because the way the game script could end up working out here. Play him and stack him up with Logan Thomas and McLaurin. McLaurin, we know, his workload and Thomas got seven targets in the last game. Seemed to be pretty heavily involved in this offense, but I don't really want to play too much of this run game with Gibson. Like, I would much rather target the pass game here.
1: Yeah, I mean, McLaurin, I think, is always in play. Logan Thomas is in play. If you feel like they're going to be playing from behind and you want to get some exposure to Humphreys or Brown, I don't hate the idea, but I'm going to stay away from the running game here. Buffalo run defense has been strong for a couple years now. And, I mean, this is just not a spot that, I really trust any of these guys, um, and then on the Buffalo side, I like the Buffalo defense. I'm not a huge fan of this Washington offense, so I definitely have some interest in the Buffalo defense. The running game is just so hit or miss. Like, I don't ever hate taking shots on Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, but I mean overall, this is not a game that I see myself using a lot of.
2: Yeah, I mean, also check on the weather. It looks like it's going to be raining. It looks like it's going to be windy. It's not going to be terribly warm. I always play Josh Allen and I always play Stefan Diggs, but that would be the extent of it. And it would just be a few shots on them in tournaments just because of the potential upside they have every single time. I mean, Josh Allen hasn't looked fantastic so far, but he went up against Pittsburgh and they didn't throw a ton against Miami. So I think they they're both in play for tournaments, especially at low ownership. If they do come in low ownership, but always watch out for weather when ever there's a game at Buffalo and the weather doesn't look great, and I'd probably just be off him entirely.
1: Um, I mean, if you want to take shots on Singletary, playing him with the Buffalo defense, I don't hate that idea. But overall, not a ton of interest in this one. Colts and Titans, 48 total here. Tennessee, uh, minus five and a half. Um, we'll start here with the Colts. I mean – uh the biggest question is is Carson Wentz gonna be playing in this game or not? Um didn't practice Wednesday dealing with the ankle um ankles ankles sorry Jacob Just riding Eason. around on a
2: scooter with two
1: boots. <laughs> Jacob Easton. I mean, there's a good chance that Jacob Easton starts this week. Um what are your thoughts here on the Colts?
2: I mean, if it's Eason, I know that the t- the Tennessee beef defense has been super bad so far this season. But I, I don't care. Like, Jonathan Taylor is interesting, but he just wasn't getting the run later on in the game. I don't know why. It's not like it wasn't close. And I know there were some passing situations that they wanted to have Hines in there. But knowing that I can't fully trust him to get a massive workload makes things a little bit tough here. Uh, it's, it's just tough not knowing if Wentz is going to play or not and how healthy he's going to be. I mean, if he seems fine, Wentz can go out there and put up a big game going up against the Tampa Bay defense. I think they're one of the worst in the league so far against the pass. Wentz, like pairing him with Pascal or if Campbell's out, um, Pittman, Pat Campbell, like any of these guys. I mean, we saw what Pittman did this last week. He's looking pretty solid overall. But just not knowing the Wentz news, it makes it a little tough. So if Wentz is going to play, it looks like he's fine. I'll take some tournament shots on him. If he's been playing, I'm not, I'm not touching any of this Andy team.
1: I mean, even if Easton plays, I have some interest in Pittman. But, I mean, I, I really want Wentz to play in this game. I mean, I don't think I want to play Jonathan Taylor in this game. I don't think the game script is going to be very favorable for him. I would actually – I think I'd play Hines at his price before I would play Taylor um, in this game. Um, but, I mean, if Easton does start, maybe we take shots on Jack Doyle. Um, you know, young quarterback. Young quarterbacks love that safety blanket of a tight end. So I don't mind maybe taking some shots on Jack Doyle, but again, not a game that I love on the Tennessee Titans side of things. I mean, we talked about it last week. Don't be afraid to go back to the well on Derrick Henry. Well, if you were afraid you missed out because he put up 50 fantasy points, he ran 35 times for 182 yards, scored three touchdowns. I think the most impressive thing about his stat line from week two was he had six catches. (laughs) Um, I mean, Derrick Henry is a beast. You can play him in any matchup. You know, don't be that – don't be that person where the game script got way out of Derrick Henry's um, favor in week one. But I think Tennessee's defense is interesting here if Eason starts, and I definitely want to pair them a little bit with Derrick Henry.
2: And don't forget that week one he got stuffed twice on the goal line. Instead of running with him again, they went with Tannehill. So it very easily could have been an okay outing for him. But, yeah, like – I. Indy's a tough run defense, and they didn't give up a whole lot of 100-yard rushers last season. Henry did it twice against Tenet, uh, against Indy. The only thing that worries me is his potential ownership with recency bias being what it is. But Henry's the guy. Like, If you want to take a shot, like, I don't know if I would on A.J. Brown or Julio Jones or Tannehill here. I just don't think they're going to get the volume. Like, If Wentz is out, I don't see this game staying terribly close or being that high-scoring. So I know that Tannehill can put up a massive outing at any given time, but I kind of want to play it when the game script's kind of right for him. Anytime it's a low-scoring game, he generally doesn't end up doing a ton. So Tannehill and the passing game, I'm probably out on, and Henry's the only guy I would really consider.
1: I mean, if for some reason um, this A.J. Brown knee thing um, is more than what it seems to be, then you would play Julio Jones at 6,500. Uh, but I think Derrick Henry is the play from Tennessee in this spot. And the defense. I think the defense really interesting if Easton starts. Yep. Uh Cincinnati Even if when it
2: starts, it's worth a shot just because he could be really
1: hobbled. Yeah. I mean, two ankles, not one. We got the Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers, 44 total in this one. Pittsburgh, a minus three favorites. Um, any interest here in Cincinnati?
2: No. Like Pittsburgh's a good defense and not passing the ball a ton. Mixon may have had a decent week one. He's getting a lot of work, but this Pittsburgh defense is just tough. I probably am just out on them.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I thought, you know, especially after week one, I thought Jamar chase would take a little bit more of a backseat, but they're using three guys. I mean, they're all three of these guys are in play. Um, if you're, for some reason, stacking Pittsburgh. But, I mean, it's not unlikely to get exposure to either Johnson or Juju or Claypool and maybe run it back with, you know, a Higgins or a Chase or – um, I can't think of his name. Boyd. Boyd. (laughs) Boyd's someone we used so much last year. Um, Yeah. And it's like – afterthought in your brain now because Jamar Chase is there. But, I mean, I think any of these three guys are interesting. I don't think I want to play Mixon in this spot. It's a really tough run defense. Um, On the Pittsburgh side of things, what's your thoughts here on the Steelers?
2: I mean, I kind of like them. Cincinnati's been pretty solid versus the run. Najee Harris looks like he's going to be chalky. So, leverage, get Ben Roethlisberger and get these pass catchers. I mean, Roethlisberger doesn't look great so far this season, No guarantee that that's going to continue. I mean, I know that he's old. Deontay Johnson may be out. So if he's out, then kind of of could see Claypool and Juju having a big game. I mean, these are all really solid solid pass catchers. Like, Claypool and Juju's target share, if Johnson is out, is going to shoot up. They're not coming in at low ownership. Again, you get leverage off of Najee Harris. I think there's a spot where we stack up the Steelers a bit.
1: Yeah, that's what I was kind of saying, like, the Cincinnati wide receivers are a little interesting to me because I do have a ton of interest in Claypool. Um, If Johnson sits, I have a lot of interest in Claypool and Juju. Uh, If Johnson plays, I still like um, Claypool the most. I feel like he's the home run guy. Like, do you want to use Juju underneath? Um, He's going to be that target possession type of guy, but – I mean, the home runs are, are going to come from Claypool and, and Deontay Johnson in this offense. Um, Nasha Harris only ran the ball 10 times last week. He was someone that, you know, a lot of us in the industry liked last week. It was going up against Vegas. He bailed us out with a, with a touchdown uh, because it wasn't going to be a, a stellar game from him last week. I mean, Cincinnati run defense doesn't scare me, but the workload scares me. Um, so, I mean, I, I have more interest in the passing game than I do. But I'm probably going to play some Pittsburgh defense, and I'll probably pair some of the defense up with Najah Harris. So, uh, Saints and Patriots, 42 total. New England a th- minus three favorite here. Um, we'll start with the Saints side of things. What are your thoughts here on New Orleans?
2: I mean, it's tough not to like Kamara. I mean, he's still like he hasn't been used that well so far this season. He hasn't really paid off, but It's going to happen here at some point. I know the Patriots try and shut down the number one option. There's really not a whole lot else going on in this offense, and they have a low implied team total. They still put up a big amount of points in week one. I don't – like, we currently have tomorrow project for 20% ownership. I don't think that's going to hold. I don't think that's going to stay. And if it does, then even in a matchup versus the Patriots, I could see them actually letting Winston do some work here. Like, I know that he's only had 42 total pass attempts so far this season, and I don't have a ton of interest in him, but his pass catchers, like Harris, Callaway, both these guys, like, should see a decent enough workload here. They're both super cheap. They're going to be virtually unowned. Like, they're going to have to do something in this game, so you have to assume that they're not going to get just shut out the rest of the season. They put up enough points week one. I could see targeting some of this passing game here. And if Kamara is going to go low on, then I think you have to have interest in him just because he's going to put up a massive game at some point. He's far too good not to. And even against a tough Patriots defense, I could see it easily happening.
1: I mean, I like Alvin Kamara here. <laughs> Outside of him, I mean, Callaway I think is Okay it's just, it's so hard to trust any of these guys at this point um, until the Saints just are willing to throw the ball. I mean, they couldn't get anything going against Carolina last weekend after having a very efficient day against green Bay in week one. Um, I mean, I like both the defenses in this game. I think this has like potential to be one of the lowest scoring games on the weekend. Um, but if I'm not targeting defense Camara. And then Calloway on the, on the New England side of things. Um, I mean, Jacoby Myers seems like he's going to be the number one pass catcher in this offense. Um, it's really hard to kind of guess what we're going to get here with Mac Jones. Um, I definitely don't want to play the the running back. Or, I mean, I guess I don't hate James White in this game at 4.9K as much as he's involved in the passing game it's like you're paying $4,900 for a wide receiver out um, of running back's position. So.
2: Yeah. I don't know. This is just a tough one. New Orleans run D has been pretty solid this season. The pasty D has been above average. Mac Jones isn't going to throw the ball probably more than 30 times the running game. Like they were pretty close to split between James white and Harris. White would probably be my slight favorite, but the Patriots running carousel. I just don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't know if I'll have a single Patriots player outside of a slight site like Super Draft where they're high multipliers. It, it's just a spot where I think you can kind of avoid it. I think you're right. It's going to be a low scoring game. I just can't trust anyone's market share in this entire offense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of like White. And like I said, I kind of like both defenses in this game. I don't mind um, Johnny Smith at 4,100, but I don't love this game, man. Um, if this game, like, is a shootout, I'm probably not going to do well. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to kind of see. Atlanta at New York facing the Giants, 47 and a half total here. The Giants uh, minus three favorites. Um, Atlanta Falcons. Uh Don't want to overreact yet, but, um, yeah, Atlanta Falcons, Grant. Uh, I'm playing a lot
2: of them, and I don't think many people are going to play them. I mean, it's, it's, it's really simple. Everyone's probably overreacting to the fact that Patterson has had a pretty good season thus far, and he just happened to get two touchdowns in the last game, but Mike Davis is actually the number one running back in this spot. It was just kind of game script. It was the way it went out. Like Cordell Powson had seven runs for eleven yards. Everyone you can't just can't run against
1: Tampa. Let's just yeah. let's continue to hammer that home. A guy like Patterson can do well against Tampa because you can't run against Tampa.
2: I mean, like current ownership makes me think that I can play Patterson, but I, I'm expecting him to actually be higher owned. Like I don't I don't believe our early Uh, ownership projections are that accurate on him. People, they think we think that people are actually going to play Mike Davis. I like Mike Davis. Like, we're talking about how Patterson's so involved in the receiving game. Mike Davis had seven targets last week and six targets the week before. Like, he's getting heavily targeted. He just hasn't gotten a touchdown. He's gotten what 13 and 10 points in the first two games. He's 5.1k and he still hasn't gotten a touchdown. No guarantee that this is not going to happen. Like, Mike Davis, I really like. Ridley and Pitts, like, Pitts I still don't think is going to be this highly, that highly owned again. He hasn't fully paid off. He still got 12 points in the last game, and he didn't get a touchdown. Everyone's assuming the Falcons are terrible and that Matt Ryan's done for. This is a clear overreaction. Like, I'm going to be heavily invested in the Atlanta offense this weekend, and I just don't think that they're going to be that heavily owned.
1: I love Kyle Pitts this week. I love Kyle Pitts this week. I think he's the top tight end play on the slate if we're considering Price. Travis Kelsey is always the top tight end on any slate, but I think if we're considering Price, Kyle Pitts is the top tight end play. He scores his first touchdown this week. He ran 38 routes last week after only running 29 in week one. 77% of the snaps up from 66% in week one. This is a guy they want to get involved He's a very high draft pick for a reason. This this guy's a beast. Um, coming straight from a biased Florida Gator. Um, Calvin Ridley I think is interesting. Um, but he's kind of expensive. He's a little pricey at seven k. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys in that six k range. So I mean, Calvin Ridley's projection. I mean, um, projected ownership probably gonna pretty stay pretty low. But I I do think this is a good game. I'm with you on Atlanta. I kind of like the passing game. I don't know what to think of Mike Davis here, but I definitely don't mind him. Um, He's getting a lot of opportunities in the red zone. And I mean, anytime you're getting a lot of opportunities in the red zone, you have to have interest in somebody. Maybe I play Mike Davis more on like a fan duel than I do on a DraftKings, but he has 13 targets in the (laughs) first two (coughs) weeks.
2: You got the black lung there, Pops. Okay, he's coughing right now. He'll be all right here soon. I'm
1: getting old, man. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Let's go to the Giants side of things.
2: Uh, a Giants side of things. I mean, the Atlanta defense has been terrible. Jones has hundred yard rushing upside, apparently. Well, not even apparently. We've seen this from B- and before. I think he's in play for tournaments. Like, I don't know if I want to play Barkley. Like, he just hasn't looked great so far. He's getting enough of a workload where I think you can still consider it at 6.5K, but not a great play. Like, in the passing game, Shepard and Slayton have both gotten a decent amount of targets the first two games. When Shepard, 9 and 10 targets, Slayton, 6 and 7 targets. Both of them – well, Slayton has big playability. Sterling Shepard has touchdown upside. Like, it's against a very, very bad Falcons team. I think you have to consider a lot of this Giants' pass offense, which is something I absolutely hate saying.
1: I really like the Giants this week. They're one of my favorite teams. I'm going to have exposure to Daniel Jones, which pains me to say. I'm going to have exposure to Galladay, Shepard. I think this could be like Saquon Barkley coming out party. They played Thursday. He's had an extra couple of days. He played 84% of the snaps on Thursday after a short week. I think he's ready to go. I think they're limiting him in practice just to keep him, keep him fresh for the games. I think we see Barkley touch the ball 20 times in this game at 6,500 going up against Atlanta. I think this is the spot you want to get some Saquon Barkley.
2: I think you might be right. Now, looking at his price tag at 6.5K, I mean, this was a guy that... Was a nine k running back. You're right about the target share. What he does have extra rest here, and they did still gave him 15 touches in the last game
1: on a short hate, week.
2: Yeah, I I hate it. You might be right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just like the Giants. Atlanta defense stinks. They they stink. They're a top. They're a bottom five defense. Like it, there's no secret in that. There's no overreaction to that. There's not like they're a bad defense. This is a great spot for the Giants at home. And I've and if we're on Atlanta and both of us think Atlanta, Matt Ryan has some something left in the tank. I, I like the over in this game, and I like this game to be higher scoring than what it's kind of projecting here at 47 and a half. So let's let's go Giants and Falcons. That's that like early one o'clock game that I think could be that sleeper game that puts up a lot of points for us. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore at Detroit, fifty total. Baltimore an eight favorite here. Um, let's start with the Ravens. What do you like here for Baltimore?
2: I mean, Lamar's always at play. But De- Detroit has absolutely—they hor- might have the worst defense in the league.
1: It's like, really bad.
2: It's so bad. Yeah, I, I have to assume Jackson's going to put up a big game. Everyone else, like, if you want to go with Tyson or Murray, that's fine, but. That backfield being split worries me a little bit. Marquise Brown, I'm entirely fine with 10 targets and six targets in the first two games, putting up pretty solid numbers. Under six K still, going up against a very bad defense. Mark Andrews really hasn't been fantastic so far this season he has yet to get a touchdown. And this was a guy that had what eight touchdowns last season. This could be his two touchdown game going up against a terrible Detroit defense. But Lamar is really the guy I want to go with. It's just figuring out who to pair him with.
1: Yeah, I, I really hate, like, the running back situation here. Um, it's, so, it's so wide open. Williams played 47. Murray played 35. And they got Freeman involved at, like, 15% last week. So, I mean, that was a close game against Kansas City, and they were using everybody. So, Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews with some Lamar Jackson – um just this defense too bad too bad not to get some exposure here um and then i mean on the other side jared golf is chucking the ball man um i mean this defense is so bad that he's gonna chuck all season and, and i mean that's fantastic for dfs i mean i don't know i don't know if there's another guy at 5200 that's gonna throw the ball more on this slate than jared Goff. so i mean Cephas, Hawkinson, Goff.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, Baltimore's pass defense isn't really great with Peters out and and the injuries and everything, and the game script plays really well. I mean, you can pair Goff with, like, Swift has 16 targets so far this year. Like, Williams comes in there, gets a whole boatload of uh, usage, you, this is one of the few spots where you can pair him with a running back, and then his wide receivers. Who's the most expensive wide receiver here? It's four K for Raymond. Yeah, four yeah, K. Yeah, but Cephas, we saw him like do really well. He had seven targets both the first two weeks. He had a reception touchdown in both weeks. Like this defense, this Baltimore defense isn't as good as they were in the past. Like all the injuries are showing that, and you can get this entire game like you can play golf and two wide receivers i mean i know you don't really want to like and it's a guessing game of which one outside of probably cephas but two of these guys can go off and then hawkinson has been fantastic like he's been so good nine targets and ten targets the first two games 20 and 23 points he's the main wide receiver in this offense like throwing golf in there hoping that it's a giant shootout with hawkinson and cephas is not going to cause cost you much money like this is a fantastic stack that people hate playing golf i still think that he's a great play here and you can get him at low ownership now this is just a spot where they're gonna have to throw a ton and i mean they might have been throwing the ball more last week if they didn't have a lead for the first half
1: yeah i mean hawkinson is another guy that i just love on this slate him and pitts are gonna be the two guys that I target a bunch at tight end. Um, Man, it's hard not to like Cephas. He's not getting that price bump because they played um, when pricing was already out. So, I mean, this is a great spot to take advantage of that. I like Cephas a lot in this game. I think Detroit's going to be behind. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot in this game. I mean, don't sleep on this Detroit offense. All right, we got Miami going up against Las Vegas. The Raiders, 45 total. Vegas, a four favorite in this game. Um, No Tua. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett starting here for my Miami Dolphins. Um, Talk to me about the Dolphins in this one.
2: I mean, I don't particularly want to play them, but with Brissett in there under 5K – a dude, that can run. Going up against a Raiders team, they have a 20, They still have a twenty point five implied total, and I mean, the two news came out yesterday, so it's pretty much where it's at. Like you can get him and some pass catchers. I mean, who knows? Have we got news on Will Fuller?
1: He should play. He's back with the team. Um, it was a personal matter in week two. So yeah,
2: I mean, I, I just couldn't remember because I know they said he's like, I won't be surprised if he plays doesn't play again this season.
1: So, oh, really? I mean, he was back at practice, practicing today, Yeah, so I'm so. guessing he
2: will. Like, that was just the initial thing where he's like, I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't play this season. But, like, everyone's cheap. I mean, I don't know if I want to play Gaskin. He just hasn't looked fantastic. The game script's probably going to favor them throwing the ball. They're going up against the Raiders, who are worse pass defense than our run defense. Like, it's just a spot where you can get a cheap – cheap offense and i mean fuller waddle parker are all pretty talented none of them are going to be heavily owned i could just see them getting there on volume even though they'll probably want to run the ball a little more percent in there like this is still a talented al- offense outside of Bursette. in a good matchup here i i kind of like the dolphins and I- I- is that is that crazy
1: i mean uh, here's the thing as a Dolphins fan, I've watched the first two games. Um, their offensive line is really bad. Um, so I don't think you could play the running game even in an amazing spot against the Raiders because the offensive line is so terrible. I guess if you want to take shots on Gaskin, I don't hate it, but I mean, I like the spot for Parker and Fuller. I, I think. Even maybe Gasecki could be somewhat interesting in this game. Um, they're going to throw Brissett. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> through forty times last week, and they're going to throw. They're going to throw. They're going to throw a lot. They're going to try to win this game. I mean, they were terrible against Buffalo um, after beating New England. I, I don't trust Brissett, but I mean, the pricing on some of these wide receivers are too good to pass up. Um, for like ceiling purposes, so on the Vegas side, I mean, Miami has a really solid defense, that's the reason this line is so close. At Vegas, only a four point favor here at home. Miami has a good defense, um, they struggle against the run, so I mean, we're gonna have to kind of wait and see. Josh Jacobs still not practicing if Kenyon Drake gets the start here going up against this former team. I really don't hate Kenyon Drake. He can be involved in the passing game. He can get some running, running um, share. Like it's hard not to like him here.
2: Yeah. And people are going to look at his first two addings and think like, Oh, I probably don't want to use him. He's over. He's definitely going to be involved in the receiving game, (laughs) but in the rushing game, he went up against Pittsburgh and went up against Baltimore. I know they're going to (laughs) run the ball a little bit with Peyton Barber. Yeah. This is, this is an easier matchup than his first two, like by a pretty wide margin. As for the receiving game, like, Waller's not going to be owned because it was last week. Like, everyone overreacted to the first-week target share, and now everyone's going to overreact to the second-week target share. Like, Waller could end up with another massive target game. He's going to come in at sub-5% ownership. He's expensive, but you can make it work. Like, he's the guy I want to go. I don't know if – like, is Derek Gard going to throw this much every single game?
1: John he's, Gruden aired out, man. I mean, they controlled the game against Pittsburgh. They trailed in the game against Baltimore. Um, I mean, don't be shocked if if this is a close game. I mean, I think it all depends on the game script, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't mind a Car to Waller stack, and I mean, even Renfro sitting there at four K, he's gotten seven and nine targets the first two weeks, just hasn't gotten a touchdown, or else he'd probably be much higher priced and much higher owned like Brian Edwards has looked solid through two weeks, just isn't getting the target share. You can make this a super cheap stack with wide receivers, or if you think Waller's going to go back to his week one target share, you just stack up Carr with Waller. I mean, it's that simple. And a lot of the touchdowns, like, have not gone to guys that you think they're going to go to. I mean, it went to Zay Jones, one of the touchdowns. I think Moreau got one of the touchdowns. So Derek Carr has gotten – Four touchdowns so far. And none of them have really gone to the main suspects that you'd expect. I mean, outside of one to rugs. This is a spot where if Carr just throws to his wide receivers or tight ends in the end zone, you stack it up, you can end up with a pretty massive outing at low ownership and not that expensive of a price tag.
1: All right, we got the Jets and the Broncos 41 total here. Denver is a minus eleven favorite in this one. Um, any any interest in the New York Jets in this one?
2: Look, you can take shots on anything. But you probably shouldn't take shots on the Jets. Just fading like the running game, can't can't figure it out. Passing game, good luck. Like Corey Davis would be the main guy, but they're not going to put up enough points. I'm I'm fully out on the Jets.
1: Yeah, I'm out. Um, Like you said, maybe taking a shot on a pass catcher, but I'm I'm out. Um, I really like the Denver defense, and I hate playing defenses alone. The Jets run defense has really struggled the first two weeks. It's just – I don't know who I trust out of Melvin Gordon and Williams. I mean, snap-wise – Melvin Gordon a little bit higher but I I mean who do they give the ball to in, in a game where they control um I mean that's where I struggle I I don't think they throw a ball the throw the ball a lot in this game I think the defense plays well um I mean maybe you take a shot on a guy like Corton Sutton, Sutton with Judy out but I mean he's 6k in a game that's going to probably be one of the lowest scoring games on the weekend
2: Yeah I mean the game script worries me but I'll still take a shot. I mean, Bridgewater has been good. He's been airing the ball out. Sutton, 6K without Judy in there. He's been very solid. Obviously, a huge amount of targets last week without Judy. Bridgewater's had over had over 300 yards against Jacksonville. The New York defense, not great. Like, yeah, I would rather target the running game. Williams looks better, but again, cannot figure out the target share there. So, it, it's mostly the receiving game. I mean, Fant and Sutton. Like Fant looked great last week. Didn't end up getting there. So with Pitts and uh, Hawkinson right around the same price tag and fans still drawing some ownership, I think I'd rather just go with Pitts or with Hawkinson. But Sutton, I think, is a guy you can pair up with. And I mean, you don't really need to double stack. Bridgewater gave Sutton, what, 140, 159 yards last week. So I think Sutton and Bridgewater are both firmly in play but Sutton's the guy that's really in play I know game script make you want to not play him but it can still definitely end up happening
1: yeah I mean Denver is still going to throw the ball a lot in this game like we still see 30 plus passing attempts in this game probably it's just I mean I'd be this game sets up for Denver just crush the Jets and this defense just a crush um so I mean, that's my biggest concern. Uh, Tampa Bay, we got the Bucks. We got the L.A. Rams um, in L.A. 55 and a half total in this game. Tampa, a one-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, talk to me about this um, Tom Brady-led Tampa offense.
2: I mean, so first of all, it looks like they're going to be without Brown, so I think Scotty Miller kind of comes in the game. Problem with this one is they're facing a very, very – very tough pass defense in the Rams. Like they faced Atlanta, they faced Dallas. They've been going absolutely just nuts the first two weeks because they've had two of the worst pass defenses in the league going up against them. Now they go against one of the best pass defenses and they're mediocre against the run. Like I think Fournette's in play. I think that Fournette is definitely in play with the how good that pass rush is with Aaron Donald. I could see Tom Brady dumping off to Fournette more. He's going to go unowned. He's 5k. Like he can always break off a big run. Brady, I think he's going to be fairly high owned. I could be wrong here and I don't mind going with his wide receivers like Evans and Godwin without Brown and they're probably going to have a decent amount of target share. Both of them are big red zone targets. I think this is just a spot though where everyone's seen what Brady's going to do the first or what Brady's done the first two weeks. And they're going to be very on this game. I mean, they have won the highest implied team totals on the entire slate outside of, I think, KC. Like, I, I just don't know if I really want to trust Brady not to just run the ball a little bit more because I know that they've been doing that. Without Brown, I think it could be a, diff- and a tough matchup. I think the total might be a little bit high in on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, Brown has a chance to play. Like he has to test negative two times within 24 hours or, you know, something like that. Um, Cause I'm pretty sure Tampa was one of the fully vaccinated teams, right? Yeah. No Brown's
2: vaccinated. I think.
1: Yeah. So like there's an opportunity for Brown to still play. So you got to pay attention to that. But I mean, I like Godwin. I like Evans in this game. I don't love the running back situation. I mean, at this point, I think we have to have interest in Gronk just because of his touchdown equity. Um, But, I mean, he's not going to score two touchdowns every week. So, maybe. Maybe he will. Maybe that's what him and Tom Brady, like, when they were drinking a beer this offseason, they're like, hey, we're going to get you two touchdowns a week. Um, So, I mean, I like Evans and Godwin the most here. Uh, Definitely will have some exposure to Gronk. And, I mean... I'd be crazy to tell you not to have some exposure to Tom Brady, 30 and 32 fantasy points the first two weeks. Um, He's just efficiently throwing a bunch of touchdowns and his arm's still healthy right now. Um, Give it a few more weeks and we'll see. But on the Rams side of things, I mean, I talked about it last week, Grant. I love Cooper cup. Um, I don't want the running back situation here, but I like the passing game.
2: Yeah. I mean, you just don't run against, against Tampa Bay. I mean, granted, they do give up a decent amount of, Receptions to running backs, but Henderson doesn't look like he's fully healthy right now. And I think there's still a chance he doesn't end up playing, which case I would not want to use Sonny Michelle. Like, just going to stay away from that situation. Yeah. Cooper Cup, like 10 and 11 targets the first two weeks, like just absolutely crushing. And Stafford, I love Stafford in this game. You don't run against Tampa Bay. They've been in games where they've kind of been in complete control. So Stafford has not been airing the ball out that much. Again, averaging less than 30 passing attempts a game. And now he gets a matchup versus Tampa Bay where it's going to be high scoring and he's not going to be able to run the ball too much. Like Cooper Cup has a close to 40% target share. Stafford throws the ball 45 times here. Cooper Cup could have Darren Waller week one type numbers with touchdowns. Like I absolutely love Cooper Cup. I know he's going to be heavily owned. I don't care. Like him and Higby and Woods, I'm going to be stacking up the Rams side every which way this week, just because they're going to be chucking the ball. And even Van Jefferson hasn't had a huge amount of targets, but they're going to be passing the ball more. Has big playability. Three point four K. I'm I love this stack. Like I absolutely love the Rams this week.
1: Yeah. Um. The Rams are running a lot of three wide receiver sets, so Van Jefferson definitely in play as well, like you mentioned. Um, like, explain to me how Cooper Cup is still under 7K. I just – I mean, not understand it. He should be one of the top five price wide receivers on the slate, and he's not, so take advantage of that while we still can. Um, I like Woods too. Don't forget about Robert Woods. I could even see maybe pairing them together in this game if we think that the Rams are going to be throwing the ball this much. So, uh, the Seahawks and the Vikings, 55 and a half total is where we finish it out. Uh, Seattle is a minus one and a half favorite here. Um, the Seahawks, talk to me about uh, your team.
2: I mean, it's going to be a high scoring game. We saw what Arizona did last week. You can go with anything like Wilson with either Lockett or calf. I know Lockett's absolutely crushed the season but he's just had a few big bombs. Like Things are going to change at some point, but Lockett's just been so good, and he's still coming in, projected less ownership than Metcalf. I'm just going to play like Wilson single stack with one of these guys in a whole lot of different lines, because one of them goes off every single week. It's just that simple. Everett, he had that touchdown week one, didn't really do much last week. I don't know if I'd end up going there. Uh, Swain had a huge touchdown but that's really all he did in week two without that then really not too much so like we, we know what the Seattle offense is we know what the Minnesota defense is we know how big the team total is for both these teams like any of the main guys are in play I probably wouldn't double stack Metcalf and Locker with Wilson just paying too much price for that when one of them generally tends to have a big game
1: I think this is one of the easier offenses to stack in DFS because you play Wilson, you play him with Lockett or Metcalf or both. And that's it. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to worry about like the secondary receivers here. I want Lockett or Metcalf with Wilson. Chris Carson scored two touchdowns last week to get there. I mean, he did not look good whatsoever in the process of doing that against Tennessee. So, I mean, I don't hate Carson, but I want the pass catchers here. Uh, I want Metcalf or Lockett. And then on the other side of this game, assuming Dalvin Cook um, plays with the ankle injury, um, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully he plays. If he doesn't, Madison's going to be awesome to play this week. Um, I mean, it's not going
2: to be awesome because he's going to be like 30% out.
1: <laughs> I like the DraftKings priced him up, though. With the potential of, um, like, Cook not playing, Madison could have easily been – I mean, he's been 5K the last two weeks. They priced him up to a grand uh, or six grand here. Um, Talk to me when it comes to Minnesota.
2: I mean, I say, like, if Cook plays, then he's the top overall probably running back option. But I say this every single week, one of Jefferson, Thielen – or Cook is going to end up going off for a massive game, and I think last week all of them had pretty solid games going up against Seattle. Seattle is a below-average defense, both the run and the pass. Like it's those guys. I know Osborne's probably going to have a decent amount of ownership, and rightfully so, he had six and nine targets the first two weeks. But this could very easily just like by playing Jefferson or playing Thielen – you get a little bit of leverage off of that shot because there's no guarantee Osborne's going to go off for a big game, although he does look pretty solid so far. But I don't know if I want to play Cousins. Like, Cousins was putting up points at the gang of the game last week, still ended up with a pretty all right outing. But, like, he's not going to put up that massive yards total too often because they're going to run the ball a lot. But if you're not playing Cook, I'm fine with it. Cousins, either Jefferson or Thielen, and um, – an Osborne stack, but like this is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm not going to argue with almost anyone that you're going to play.
1: All right. Um, That's it. Let's play the morning grind game for NFL, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Give me a quarterback that you think is going to throw for at least 300 yards this week.
2: Uh, uh, Let's see. Moving down the list, trying to find some... Matt Ryan. I'm going with the cheapy Matt. Matt Ryan's throwing for 300.
1: I like it. I'm going to go Stafford to throw for 300. Easy. Easy. Uh, give me a low owned running back for a touchdown.
2: Looking at the ownership right now. Um, DeAndre Swift.
1: I like that one. Um, I'm going to go Saquon Barkley. Coming out game. Um, quarterback, wide receiver for a stack for a touchdown.
2: I go Cousins Jefferson.
1: All right, I'll go. Man, I'm trying not to go like super obvious here. Give me. Give me Jared Goff to Cephas for a touchdown.
2: I like that a lot.
1: Going off the board. Give me a wide receiver that's going to get at least eight targets this week.
2: Um, I'm going to go McLaurin.
1: I like it. I'm going to go Allen Robinson with Justin Fields at quarterback. He's going to lock in. The, the rookie is going to lock into A-Rob this week.
2: Oh, I sure hope so.
1: Uh, give me a tight end that scores.
2: TJ Hawkinson.
1: already said it. Kyle Pitts, first touchdown of his career this week. Um, Love it. Uh, Defense scored 10 or plus – 10 or more points.
2: I mean, I'm trying not to go too obvious here. Um, Cardinals.
1: I think one of the most interesting defensive plays this week, price-wise, is the Saints. They're going up against New England with a young quarterback – and they're going to get some sacks. Um, I'm going to go Saints at 3100 here.
2: Yeah, uh, it is pretty cheap for how good their offense is. Yeah.
1: So, all right, Grant, any final thoughts? Week three. I'm oh, just, gosh, I love football. I'm glad it's back. Glad it's back. That's going to wrap it up for week three. We'll be back week four. We'll have some extra NFL stuff coming up. Um, between the MLB and the NBA breaks. Um, But that wraps it up week three. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again next week. See you, kids.